Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Tony, and this is our second episode of Few of the Geeks podcast. I'm here with uh, Jerry Schaefer, representing the Eastern Rim Funny Book and Vintage Con. Um, and uh, so, Jerry, tell us a little bit about the show. Oh, not a problem, guys. Uh, the Eastern Rim Funny Book and Vintage Con is basically uh, one of the services that we provide from a place called the Promise Center. The Promise Center is a 501c3 nonprofit where we provide you know services for our community, such as after-school tutorials for kids, um, in grade school, we have summer leadership camps, we have science camps, art camps, um, we have cultural nights where we have poetry, we had a concert series, we're going to have one in the spring as well. Um, we also have, you know, informational meetings with, with the city of Baytown where we live. Um, uh, Sylvia Garcia up until this year was, uh, at our facility and she was giving away 500 free backpacks for kids right before school started. Um, hopefully we're going to be doing that with the next, uh, Senator as well. Um, and so basically just, uh, something that we wanted to set up and create that allowed people to have access to a Comic-Con, access to something that is definitely, um, how should I say, not price prohibitive, so that way that we could get everybody involved and connected in the community, in the geek community and nerd community, so that way all of us could connect in a way that was meaningful and beautiful and amazing. Sounds pretty awesome. So, um, for those of you out there listening, uh, the Eastern Rim Show has been around for a couple years now. Um, it's a uh, Feel the Geeks' uh, first big uh, show that we will be attending. We're very fortunate to get in contact with Jerry very lucky to be part of this um if you want more information you can always message jerry or you can look up their website um it's going to be a great time they have some great guests uh so anything else you want to mention yeah about sure it? let me let me sort of go into it a little bit um so we were very lucky that we got with uh, all the major taxing entities in our city um our our city council we you know our our library um our our um school system in regards to uh lee college which is the uh college there in baytown and um we're gonna be able to bring some really amazing guests we're gonna have uh uh williams and weldon the guys who are doing the punchline comic we're gonna have doug hazelwood uh the guy who killed superman in the 80s amazing guy nick patera if you know anything about uh the uh manhattan projects as well as the stuff he's doing with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Brent Peoples, who's doing Major X now with uh, Rob Liefeld, and, of course, the most eminent Rags Morales, the guy who transformed Superman for us in terms of visuals during the New 52, you know, uh, identity crisis, the whole nine yards. So it's going to be some really cool stuff. Um, we're going to actually have... Uh, cosplay contests for cash prizes we're going to have panels all day and we're going to have a variety of vendors i'm talking about you know not just comics but toys and records and vintage items we're going to have authors there of all sorts you know people who do sci-fi people who do horror uh we're going to have um a, just a bunch of vendors people selling stickers and and all kinds of really cool stuff so it's going to be a, a heck of a time we're going to have like i said about 60 vendors uh, 90 tables. We're going to have people walking around taking pictures and we're really looking forward to having everybody come out. And one of the things that I kind of wanted to mention in regards to uh, the show is the fact that it's basically, um, well, let me put it this way. Our business model for, for our show is to make no money. Okay. We are making basically no money other than what we're charging for the vendor tables, which is fairly inexpensive. Um, we want to be able to provide a show that is free, free parking, 
free admission so that way people can come in and have a great time. They don't have to spend $500 before they get into the door. They can spend that $500 however they want in the door. And as I said, just so that way we can make connections with you know the larger community, with families. And so everyone can have a terrific and wonderful time and really enjoy themselves. And once again, you know, it's uh, going to be April 13th and 14th there in Baytown at Lee College, 200 Lee Drive. Um, you know, we hope to see you all out there. It's going to be, once again, just an amazing show. And we're very happy to be able to bring this to everybody for free. And we want to make sure that everyone has a great time. Man, that sounds great. Um, yeah, I mean, we're looking forward to it. Um, I think a lot of people that we know can't wait for it. Uh, so, Jerry, uh, tell us a little bit about how um, how you got into this culture. Okay. So, here's a story. I think I was around like little past six going into seven, something like that. And at the bottom of my car, there was this big green and brown piece of paper. That, that's what it looked like to me. And I looked down and what it was, was actually uh, uh, the first Saga of the Swamp Thing, Saga of Swamp Thing number one, um, where he's, you know, has a, a protecting a, a pigtail yellow haired girl from the guys from like 1982 with their pitchforks you know and he's there's this big statue he's holding on to and and i i kind of just started like you know looking at it no mind you it was at the bottom of the car so i would stamp my feet on and do all sorts of horrible stuff that i could never do now as as an adult you know i you know i punch myself in the face you know sometimes it's, I wish it's not 9.8 no no it's more <laughs> like a like a eight point no seven no 0.78 or something <laughs> like that um so uh yeah and I started kind of looking at it and, and, and examining it, and, and, and I saw a, a connection there with the monster and the little girl, and, you know, I was a sickly kid. I, I had uh, asthma, and so I was inside all the time and couldn't go out and do stuff, and, you know, I didn't have friends the regular way, and so comic books were basically my friends and my, and my teachers and the way to connect with the world and, you know, allowed me to sort of understand things at a more profound level, even beyond knowing that I could understand things at a profound level. Um, and so it started right there in that car with uh, Swamp Thing number one, Saga Swamp Thing number one, and I was hooked ever since. It was, once again, part of my DNA, you know. Um, all, Is it all, your favorite character? Um, I, him, Sandman, and and the Invisibles all share sort of the same realm of, of existence in terms of being my favorite. I have to say that um, Swamp Thing was first, so he's first just because he got there first. But you know him, Sandman, and like I said, the the Invisibles from Grant Morrison, all all, they all have a a, a room in my or separate rooms in my head, and sometimes they meet in the common room and hang out and you know fight and throw dice or whatever. So the 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 mystic aspect of DC. Yes, definitely. Um, uh, for instance, when I started reading Sandman, you know, I was like, wow, uh, I don't understand any of this. So I had to actually get my, my butt up and go to the library because this is before the internet or instant access to information, go through like literally dusty books, books that had dust on them because no one had read them for years and attempt to figure out who these people were. When I first started reading uh, Swamp Thing, you know, uh, God, I was what, 10 or whatever. Um, and uh, it was this, of course, is around the time when uh, Alan Moore got in. And I was just like, oh, wow, there's, there's people in the world who are like me. They're not... Um, 
you know, I'm not alone. I mean, I, there's, there's, you know, freaks who, who, you know, care about things that no one else cares about. Awesome. Great. So let me investigate this. And of course, anytime we'd go to a stop and go or, or 7-Eleven or even Kmart, Kmart had some of the best comic selection in the world. You just had to know where to go and look. And so I would take the comics and I would hide them so I could come back later on whenever I got my money so I could buy them before I started going to school. And, you know, they, my, my parents would give me like 15 bucks per week and this was for food. <laughs> yeah, right. So like uh, Twinkies were like 50 cents. So, you know, that was my food. And then I'd, you know, spend the rest of it on comics back when, of course, they were, you know, at 75 cents, a dollar, dollar 25, you know. And so that's, that's that's where a lot of that stuff began. That's a that's pretty amazing. I, I have a few friends that are big fans of Swamp Thing. Um, I'm actually a pretty big fan of Sandman. Oh, awesome. Um, a friend of mine got me one of the trades a while back. Uh, uh, I can't think of it. I have it. In, I have it in my uh my bookshelf, but mm-hmm. Sandman is one of the most interesting characters out there. Absolutely. I, I just, the stories that he's involved in are just always great. Um, you know, if, if anybody out there likes, you know, the mystical aspect of DC, definitely check out Swamp Thing, mm-hmm. check out Constantine, mm-hmm. check mm-hmm. out Sandman. Um, oh, even the Detec- Detective Chimp, yeah. Detective Chimp. Yeah. Oh yeah. Check out Vertigo, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, so let me, let me tell you about a quick story about oh, Sandman. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so here's how I discovered Sandman. I, I'm a huge fan of Batman. Okay, in terms of just like you know comics or whatever, Batman that's my dude. All right, so I was at B Dalton in Dallas and I was looking through this comic. Now once again, this is something that I cannot do any any anymore. But at the time, I don't know. I I guess the I got hit in the head with a shovel or something. So. Um, I found this this comic. I didn't know what the hell it was. I'm just kind of looking through it. And on the back, there was this really cool Batman ad. And it was like Batman with like bullet holes in him. And you couldn't see his face. But you could sort of see it was like in darkness. And there was like the the smoke rising off of it. I was like, oh, man, that's a cool ad. I, okay, there's no way I can afford this comic because I don't have any money. And my mom, you know, I'm here with my cousins. You know, they're not going to give me any money. So I was like, okay, I got to figure something out because I need to. I, I'm, I can't leave this here. Okay. So like a really rotten idiot i start reading it tearing a piece of it walking away coming back and it <laughs> took me like 45 minutes to do this but finally i got the the piece out of the comic and just put it back on the shelf and i was like haha you know someone's <laughs> gonna get this and be unhappy and you know of course later on i wish i could have gone back and punched myself in the face for doing that but hey that's okay um so i took the piece and put it in my pocket i didn't look at it you know, I forgot about it literally for like a couple of weeks, you know, and and I found those pants again and I pulled the, the, the picture out and I was looking at the Batman, but then I was like, what's on the other side? And I turned it and there was these two um, Aboriginal looking guys, African guys in a desert holding this uh, this green heart. And there's just a few words on the page. It was, you know, on the part of the page, it wasn't a whole lot. I know exactly what you're talking about. And and I was like, all right, I got, I, I mean, the, the Batman ad is cool, but I got to know what this <laughs> is, man. I have to understand what this is. And so I spent probably six weeks attempting to figure out who this was, asking people and going and everything. And finally, um, I think I ran into somebody. It was, oh, yeah, that's that new Sandman. I'm like, Sand, what is, what is Sandman? What is Sandman, Price? Just tell me what Sandman <laughs> is. And so they explained it to me. And I was like, okay, cool. And so the first Sandman comic, full comic that I got was number eight, The Introduction of Death. And I read the crap out of it. I gave it to people to re- go read this and, you know, seeing if there was any other people who could, you know, who picked up the same thing that I did from it. Because it was like a... a a revelation it was just like you know like oh the heavens had opened up and i was like wow 
I, I don't know what to do with this other than share it and talk about it and, 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 and just, just look at it over and over again. And then from then, that's where my Sandman collection began. Nice. Nice. Thank you. Um, man, that's a great story. And I know Thank exactly you. what story you're talking about because mm-hmm. uh, that was one of the first ones I read too. And that's a, that's a great story. Yeah, it's it, one of my favorites. It is. Um, it's amazing. So other than the Mystics and uh, DC, what about Marvel? What about uh, Image? Any other... Okay, so when I was young, and when I say young, I'm talking about 80s young, not y'all like 90s kids who grew up watching it on TV. Um, in the the middle and the late 80s, you know, I, I did collect X-Men for sure. Uh, but my favorite one out of the whole X series was Exterminators and Excalibur. Excalibur in particular. Uh, I love the art, uh, Davis and Neary. I love the... Um, the story, I thought it was just so, so cool and so funny, you know, which was, you know, along the lines of, of what uh, Demetrius and, and uh, Geffen and them did with uh, Justice League International. And so it, it was, um, that was definitely my, my, my highlight in the time where I was, uh, you know, uh, much more of a Marvel fan than I am now. I'm, I'm a DC guy, you know, I'll admit it. You know, I mean, Marvel's great, don't get me wrong, you know, no, no bashing there in any sort of way. It's just that, you know, I'm, I have more of a connection with the DC characters and, and, you know, in particular, the mystical ones. But yeah, you know, like I said. Um, so who's your favorite Excalibur character? Gosh. Really, I have to say all of them, but the one that I, I tend to gravitate towards is is the the phoenix in there just because she was such a misfit and always you know this is weird what's going on and you know yeah yeah it was just just amazing phoenix is my favorite marvel character by the way jean gray phoenix um anyone that ends up inhabiting the phoenix force absolutely um and the whole idea and concept of rachel um i was drawn to too Mm -hmm. you know i mean she was from Mm -hmm. the future she's Mm -hmm. from an alternate timeline Mm -hmm. She was a hound, yeah. you know. Yeah. I mean, I I admit I haven't read much Excalibur, mm-hmm. but I do like some of the characters. Mm-hmm. Nightcrawler was always mm-hmm. a big favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, even uh, Namorita, right? Yeah, Namorita. I think I, so. Eventually, and there was uh, like Ronnie. Was she part of it too for a little bit? I thought I'm maybe. Not sure. I mean, I'm not. Uh, it's, I been, Cap- it's been Britain. a long time. Yeah, yeah, Britain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Brian wasn't it? Brian, yeah. Hey, Brian. Uh, Hello, Silex's brother. Brian. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean. Those 80s Marvel comics were so good. Yeah, and agreed. That's it's always great to me. It's always great to hear people that, you know, they like stuff that's not mainstream because it shows that people people dig deeper into these worlds, into mm-hmm. these universes, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fine to be a fan of, you know, Iron Man mm-hmm. and Captain America and Thor. Mm-hmm. You know, that's awesome. You know, but it's also awesome you know when someone tells you you know their favorite character is squirrel girl because Mm -hmm. you never hear that kind of thing right you know i mean and no bashing you know like right absolutely you want you want people to like the misfits you know if that's what they like more power to them absolutely that's awesome and absolutely i I will admit i don't like i said i don't know much about excalibur i was Mm -hmm. a big x-men fan Mm -hmm. um you know gene is my favorite Mm -hmm. uh gambit is one of my favorites Mm -hmm. um I was always kind of more of an X-Men fan over Avengers, though. I, I agreed. Absolutely. Well, the X-Men were, they, you know, they were the misfits. The Avengers were, you know, so, I mean, not not that they were perfect or anything. I mean, they fought all the time and everything. It's just that, that the X-Men were like the underbelly. You know what yeah. I'm saying? They were like the cooler kids. You know what I'm saying? Like, the Avengers would hang out in the front and be kind of jockey and stuff, and the X-Men would be around the yeah. back, you know, like <laughs> smoking and drinking and, you know, cussing or whatever. And, and I think that's kind of a, 
I think a lot of us can relate it. I yeah. think a lot of us can relate to that. Absolutely. I mean, being kind of the misfits. I mean, because I mean, I know me personally, and even Jerry talked about it, being uh, kind of made fun of for being mm-hmm. nerds or geeks mm-hmm. or, you know, I mean, I got made fun of for wearing a Superman shirt, and I was in high school. Like mm-hmm. it's not even. Yeah. It wasn't even like elementary. I was in high school. Yeah. But um, I mean, that's one. That's a uh, one of the common traits I think a lot of us can, can feel close to. You know, we uh in some sense can feel like outcasts you know and comics can bring us together absolutely um not just comics though but like movies you know sci-fi like i grew up watching star trek the next generation with my dad yeah yeah i was a big star trek fan i mean people are always like kirk or picard i'm like picard because i grew up with him yeah yeah but i mean you know that's that's the beauty of this culture that's the beauty Mm -hmm. of uh being a geek yeah well see this thing is that there's an elasticity to it you know we're able to you know comprehend other people because we have to comprehend ourselves we have to learn who we are and how we work and in doing so we're able to extend that to other people as well we have empathy because we know what it's like to be you know picked on to be you know called names and you know uh, be treated poorly because you know you're you're different or you know you're 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 you know i'm not like you know you're not like us you know you're not a you're not a jock or you know you're overweight or you know you know you weird weird clothes or you know any of that kind of stuff and so Ultimately, you know, I'm I'm so happy that geek culture and, and nerd culture is so much more inclusive now and people are so much more willing to, you know, be a part of it, you know, at, at all levels, you know. And so in the end, I think that um, that empathy that that those aspects of pop culture bring, I think they can spread much easier in terms of how everybody takes things in. And we can, you know, eliminate or help to eliminate, at least to some extent, you know, the prejudice and the hatred that that was so prevalent, you know, in our communities, especially in the 80s when I was a kid, man. I mean, I swear to God, if you, uh, you know, if I wore a Superman shirt to school, I guarantee you people would have picked on me all day long. You know what I'm saying? And that was elementary, junior high, high school, man. And so ultimately, you know, by the fact that we have been able to overcome these things, to uh, uh, to a uh, to a decent degree and we're able to connect with other people and let people be who they are more so than than it's ever been in the past you know at least in in my consideration and what I've seen I think it's a it's a very positive step for opening up the future for all folks I have to I agree completely um that is what this is about the the love that we all share, you know, for mm-hmm. for our nerdy things. That's right. <laughs> well, guys, um, we're going to come to a close. I want to thank Jerry for being on the show. Um, we are very happy. Um, oh, oh, uh, one more... One more thing about the Eastern Rim show. Take it, Jim. Yeah. Just really quickly, I just want to make sure everybody hears it. Um, it's going to be April 13th and 14th. Um, there in Baytown at Lee College, 200 Lee Drive. It's free to get in, free parking. It's going to be for two days, Saturday and Sunday. On Saturdays from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Sunday from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. We're going to have panels, cosplay contest for cash prizes. Uh, like I said, we're going to have uh, Williams and Weldon who are doing the Punchline comic. Doug Hazelwood, the guy who killed Superman in the 80s. Nick Patera who did uh, the Manhattan 
projects. Brent Peoples is working on Major X. Uh, and Rags Morales, you know, the guy who transformed Superman for our very eyes back in 2011. So, you know, be sure to come out and hang out with us. We're going to have some really cool cosplay guests as well. We're going to have Sir Nick Justice from San Antonio, Ferry Lafay from Houston, uh, Rumpel Silseam from uh, Houston, as well as Fascinating Cosplay, and Merle the Cosplay Dog. You can't beat that because Merle is the most amazing puppy you'll ever see. She is terrific. So please come out. And like I said, you know, we really appreciate uh, everyone who's going to be there. And, you know, we're going to have a great time. The cosplay dog is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wanted that. Yeah. I mean, better cosplay than what I could do. <laughs> um, so thanks, everybody, for listening. And um, I will, we will say goodbye for today. And um, this is Tony just asking what fuels your passion. Thanks, guys. Hey everybody, and welcome back to the Fuel the Geek podcast. This is episode three, and my name is Tony, and I'm here with... Mike, Alex. And we have a special guest today. Um, but before we get to her, we're going to discuss a little bit about Detective Comics 1000. Uh, me and Alex have read it, and uh, what what did you think? Um, I, I actually enjoyed it quite much. You know, um, it, the, there was a few stories that, you know, just didn't do it for me, but, you know, I mainly enjoyed, you know... Snyder Capullo, they, you know, Snyder's a great writer and all. Uh, Kevin Smith and Jim Lee actually really surprised me on, with their story. Uh, the, the Bendis one was really great. Oh, yeah. I, like, I, I, was, like I was surprised. The, the Paul Dini was, was actually funny. I enjoyed it because it was pretty funny, you know. And, uh, you know. and Tom King. I liked the Tom King one as well. Tom King was really good. So, overall, um, I loved it. I think uh, one of the websites gave it like a 9 out of 10. Um, so, I mean, aside from some of the arts, the stories are great. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree. You know, there was, you know, you know, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not biased, you know. So, you know, like, Neil Adams' art was pretty decent. It's just the story, you know, wasn't great for me. But yeah. uh, most of the, the entire book was actually great. You know, like I said, a few stories weren't, were meh. You know? <laughs> well, I haven't had a chance to read it yet. So, but I did get a couple of variants. I uh, did get the Warren Lyle ordered for me. Uh, got the, uh, was it Jia Hong Lee with the Harley? I can, I can never pronounce his name. I, I mean, but yeah. his art is amazing. It like, amazes. his art is amazing. I love the Harley cover. That's the reason why I had to get it. So I've got it coming. I just haven't had a chance to read it. I'm looking forward to it, actually. Yeah, I, I got lucky with the Alex Ross cover. So, you know, and that one's popular right now. So I'm happy about oh, that. Oh, yeah, that one is going for crazy amounts of money. Um, if you're out, if someone out there has the Alex Ross cover, uh, you're lucky. <laughs> that one and the art germ. I think uh, most of the art germ ones were um, damaged in transit or something. So yeah, they, yeah, he put on his Instagram mm -hmm. that they were damaged, um, more than half of them. So they're waiting for him to just ship back out, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. I was I was also able to get that um, Scorpion Comics one, the the all black blank cover. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That's go that one's gonna be a hard one to find. And that's a, uh, I think you can do sketches on that one too, right? Yeah, yeah. it's going to have to be like silver or white, maybe like brown ink. Like what they did with the 9-11 uh, Spider-Man. Exactly. Oh, yeah. The Twin Towers on with Spidey's face, you know, and silver markers, stuff like that. And all, uh, artwork on those always look really cool to me. I mean, yeah. it, it's kind of like a an inverse, inverted or something when they do the art on those. Well, uh, what they call it, negative effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Really cool. Um... Well, if you get a chance, any of you listeners get a chance to pick it up, we highly recommend it. Um, 
there are a bajillion covers to it. it you know just get whatever one you like check it out um I don't think you'll be disappointed, right? Well, lots of different covers, but it's all the same stories. And yeah, it's all the same stories, just different covers. Yeah. I, uh, like I said, you know, it's a really good read. You know, I recommend you guys go to your local comic shop and pick it up. Yeah. Um, so with us today, we have a very good friend of ours, uh, Shannon. She is the manager of, the, of Cards and Comics Connection in Conroe, one of my, one of my personal favorite shops uh, in, in all of Texas. It's a really good place. Um, so, Shannon, introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what you do. What do I do? Well, hi, Tony. Hi, guys. Um, I manage a comic book store. Uh, also, we're gaming, so that's a big part of it. But we do, we have their comics, we have goodies, we have toys, we have lots of Funko. They have, they have <laughs> basically an entire Room. Two, it's like two rooms. We're sitting in it right now, full of Funko Pops. Yeah. If if you're a pop collector, definitely get a hold of Shannon. She's always looking out for us. Um, she's great, and she knows everything about pops. I think more than comics. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so how long have you been a manager? Um, how long have you been running okay. uh, the store? I've worked for Rob for eight years. Prior to that, all I did was collect comics. So. Um, I, I don't know. It's been about four years. Nice. Four years. How is it working for Rob? Rob is the owner. Yeah, Rob is the owner. Uh, he's he's here, but he's kind of a. He's like my, what's he called? Work husband. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, most people have those or work wives. We argue. So if you ever see our Google, uh, was it the Google things where people say they're arguing? Of course we argue. We're like husband and wife married. It was one day. One the kids all thought we were married. Most people think we're married. We're not. When when I first met you, because uh, I had knew Rob first, mm-hmm. and I, when I first met you, I thought you were his wife. No. And I didn't like I I met you and saw you years before I even met and saw his wife. But yeah. he's always working. They are both always working. I mean, y'all stay open till like eleven or twelve, right? Yeah, we're open every day of the week. Yeah. Every day of the week, um, I did finally get him to close early on Mondays. That's good. Because I switched my schedule. I work Mondays now. <laughs> Only to catch FOCs. I started working Monday to catch FOCs so we can make sure we get the comics. Because we've actually gone from... We've moved three times since our third store. We've gone from... Probably tripled our subscriptions. Subscription really holders. Good. So, yeah. It's a lot. So, it's hard to catch everything. And most of our customers rely on me to put them on their stuff they don't ask I, I out of all the customers that we have that we probably have 150 subscribers which were a small store so that's a lot for this store but maybe 10 of them turn an order for me the rest of them I just do it by what they like see that's that's really good because that means you you know your customer base you know yeah. your customers and what they like I mean you put stuff in my box that I don't typically read but you know I would like and I've been I've lucked out with some of those because some of those were sold out or ended up being crazy expensive. But, you know, when you when you are looking for a comic book store, that's one of the things you want. You want to get to know the employees so that they know you and they look out for you. Yeah. We have customers that like Scotty Young. So they get they don't necessarily collect the comic, but they want Scotty Young. So they get every Scotty Young cover um, or Liefeld or... Jim Lee or something. Jim Lee. Well, big one now is our germ. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, my Lord. I have, they, I have customers that don't even collect DC, but they read all Marvel. 
but they want that. But they journal. want art journal, and they don't want one cover, uh, one copy. They want two copies, and they want. And then I have customers that only do blanks, and they don't necessarily get mainstream comics. They get independent, but they want every blank. So I have to. So when I order, I remember, okay, I've got to order this many because this person wants this and this and this and stuff like that. It's yeah, it's a lot, and plus it was just me and him running it. I mean. I handle all the Funko orders. I do all the gaming, order all the gaming. He's turned everything over to me. Wow. That's pretty amazing. So would you say that this is more like kind of like a dream job for you? Like as far as like working here? Is it's like... Uh, yes. Yeah. I would have never thought I would ever work at a place like this. Ever. I come from, believe it or not, I'm a hairdresser by trade. And when we moved here, I didn't need to draw, didn't need to work. And I volunteered at the kids' school. My kids are old. I'm an old lady working at a comic book store. But she's, she's not that I am. But I, you know, I started out helping him because my kids played games here, played magic and stuff. And then, you know, he'd be busy and I'd be standing there going, you know, on a Friday night. And he's like, well, you want to help? And then it just kind of went into helping and helping and helping. And I mark my years by how many magic Christmas promos I have. <laughs> that's Because awesome. that's my Christmas gift. One of my Christmas gifts. You know, and, and I don't think... Rob can sometimes come off as a little grouchy. But he's really not. And he's super awesome to work for. I mean... He's... I want something, he buys it for me. Or he buys it for most people. So I, so I see you, you guys have a lot of cards. You know, a lot of cards. You know, Yu-Gi-Oh! Pokemon. Which is your biggest seller in which, you know, that people come and play every, almost every day or Magic. tournaments? Magic. Magic. It's your biggest seller? Magic. <laughs> Magic and then I think Pokemon. And then Yu-Gi-Oh! was really big for a while. And then it kind of teetered off like most some games do. And it's coming back. Uh, Dragon Ball Super is pretty big. We have They play two nights a week here. Um, so, so tell us... Um, the card game schedule. So two nights for. So Tuesday's Dragon Ball Super, mm-hmm. and we usually start about six thirty-seven. Uh, Wednesday is Commander for okay. Magic Open Play. Thursday is Pokemon Night, and it's uh, Open Play at five thirty. Six o'clock. Uh, six thirty is tournaments, and that's what we're they're doing today in here. We have a big league uh, tournament for Pokemon, one of the biggest game that um, style tournament we could play for championship points. And then Friday is Friday Night Magic. We play Modern and Standard. And then Saturday we have Draft for Magic and you, uh, Magic players uh, playing Commander. Commander, Commander, Commander. And then they play dra- uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! on Saturdays and Sundays. And so you guys, so kids can actually, like, if they're part of, like, let's say, I think there's, like, a registration they have to do to get points for, like, to go to tournaments. For and Pokemon? Like, for Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, and all that stuff. So you guys um, are, like, licensed to do those tournaments, yeah. correct? So for Pokemon to hold a league, you have to be a professor. So I am a professor and a judge okay. and an organizer, tournament organizer. For Magic, I am a tournament organizer. So we have to go through tests and stuff like all that. For, really? Yeah. Like, wow. I have to go through a background track for Pokemon. Oh, wow. wow. I did not know that. Yeah. Well, you're working with children, so I guess yeah. they don't... Well, I, I mean, that makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So... To hold a league, yeah, you have to be, anybody that works for me, anybody that works during, um, like the, the gentleman that's doing the judging, he's a po- Pokemon judge. I can't have anybody helping me unless they're licensed through Pokemon. Oh, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. So if anybody out there um, is interested in any of those games and you're in Texas or Houston or surrounding areas, you should definitely check it out. They're always 
always busy and it uh, looks like, I mean, everybody here seems pretty laid back and chill and friendly. Yeah, for the most part. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> you, well, let me ask you this. Do you try to keep it more family-friendly and family-oriented, or does it get... Pokemon, we do. There's no cussing. So if somebody's in here cussing, I'll jump on them. But for the most part... And the other games is kind of all out. Uh, so, so tell us... Uh, it's tell very us, all out. <laughs> <laughs> um... Tell us a little bit about your personal collection, because I know you're a pop collector, I'm and I love talking about your pop collection because it's it's amazing. She has she has an amazing pop collection. Yes, I do. I don't I don't know. No, there's people that have better pop collections. Yeah, but I mean, she has a whole room dedicated to them. Yes, I do. You have your Night, Nightwing is your favorite character. Yes. Yeah. So, so I've seen some of your Nightwings. Yes, they I have awesome. every Robin Funko related Robin thing they have. So Dorbs, uh, all of them. Everything. What are the What are the little ones called? Like there's mystery minis. Yeah, the mystery. Pine size heroes. Um, rock candy. Rock. There's no rock candy for Robin. Oh, yeah. No. But they did make this idolize idols thing a couple years ago. It kind of fell flat, and he looks like a stretched out Robin, kind of creepy looking. I have that, and I have an extra large Dorb of a Robin. Um, you have one of those ones that's like four feet tall, right? You have a you have one of the pops. They have these display pops that are like four feet. You mean the extra large doors? Yeah. Gave, I gave it. That was Batman, and he is now he 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 went by the wayside to find another piece. <laughs> so I mean, when you're collecting, it's like, and you're not a millionaire because I'm not, and even working at the store, uh, exclusives are still expensive. For yeah. Us oh yeah. Because yeah. we don't get them. I mean, collecting the commons and stuff is easy, but no, he went. Uh, my it was a 1966 Batman. The 1960 Batman giant extra large drove. I sold him for $600 because it was the least wanted of those Batmans they did. He, um, people want him, but if I had the actual like black suit Batman or the blue suit Batman, it would have been like over $1,000. Right. Uh, but they only amazing. give them out at fun days. They were prizes for fun days when they did when they when they had the, that kind of theme. Their fun days are getting more into Freddy Funko themed. Everything's Freddy Funko. Yeah, it, they're always they seem to be like themed of a. Freddy, or mm-hmm. maybe like a like a like the Conan pops are themed mm-hmm. too. You know, they're always getting there on that one. <laughs> you started me on that, thank you. Tony started me on the Conan collection by giving me a White Walker Conan when you went oh, yeah. to. So, yeah, that was a couple years ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you. Well, yeah. Let me ask you this: what uh, what draws you to pops? What? It's really weird. Funny thing was, I had no interest in collecting them. Be- at all, um, I collect nest. I collect started collecting nesting dolls, and they have them for. I even have Nightwing ones, <laughs> but I had that kind of collection. I had real ones, and then my I have kids, so my kids are adults now. But at the time, they weren't. And my daughter has always been into Funko, and she has old ones, like really expensive ones. So I have a lot of out of box expensive ones, like that we bought off the shelf that are now four hundred dollars. But she kept no box back then, and started working here. When I started working here, I got him an account with Funko and started doing it. Oh, Lordy, here comes Groot. <laughs> and, a fu- and a Dorb. Little Groot and a Dorb. And that was all she wrote. And then I started, I'm just going to do Gorb. I'm just going to do Dorbs. Bought my daughter her pops because she collects Spider-Man. My daughter's a huge Spider-Man collector. And uh, everything Spider-Man in her life. And I'm going to just collect Dorbs. And then, oh, well, they have a Batman pop to go with that Batman Dorb. And then it just probably, and I had every Batman, every Robin, every Wonder Woman 
Flash, and I decided two years ago, and I dumped them all except Robin. And then I had like the white whale pop I couldn't get, which was the metallic Nightwing from Fugitive Toys. Because they won't tell you how many they made. There's nobody really knows. And every time it had come up for sale, I didn't either have the money because it's $400 or it was sold <laughs> in two seconds. But I even do now have a Nightwing Proto. Oh, nice. Disco Nightwing. <laughs> Not my favorite. But, but I mean, it's a proto, and yeah. those are always pretty cool to have. Yeah, you know, disco Nightwing and a proto. But um, yeah, I just started doing it that way, and then working here, we just started getting more. And you, this room is all because of that gentleman sitting right there at the end of my table. <laughs> there, y'all can't see, but uh, Abraham is sitting at the other end of the table. He walked in here. <laughs> never met this boy in my life. Walked in here and said, "I have all these pops. Will you trade?" <laughs> Hits. Two years later. We have the largest selection of Funko Pops in all of Houston. And it's amazing. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, so when we moved, we moved two years ago and bought our house, I told my husband, I don't care what you buy me, what we buy. Because I'm always working. I don't care. You buy the house. I have to have a room for my Funko. Okay, you, you stated you like Nightwing and Robin. Which is your least favorite Robin? Disco. Disco? Oh, oh wait, did you mean or like... Curry, Carrie Kelly. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was okay. like, did you mean like character? Carrie, Carrie, yeah, character. Yeah, character. Uh, I don't like Carrie Kelly. Uh, What's yours? Miley's favorite Robin? Mm, probably uh, Tim Drake. Yeah, see, I'm Dick Grayson Robin. Yeah. I'm a, like everybody knows, I'm a huge Batman fan. Yeah. And uh, t uh, Tim is probably my least favorite. But Dick is probably my favorite. Like, he, he was always Robin to me. So mm -hmm. I, I lean towards more Damien. You know, as your least favorite? As my, no, not my least favorite. Oh, my favorite. favorite. My favorite, yeah. But he's yeah, really like, grown on me. Yeah, he's grown on me. But yeah, same with with the, what Shannon said. I don't like the the female Robin. You know, just... I, I I think I don't know. I, I like her spunk, and I've seen her in other stuff. If anyone ever reads the New Fifty Two Batman, she she shows up, um, and her character in that is I enjoyed. You know, I also for some people it's the art, and when she was debuted, they is that they, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, people had issues with the with the way she's being drawn lately. You know, Frank Miller was a used to be like a, you know, he used to write and draw. Draw, yeah. yeah. But that's so he, totally. She's totally him. Her appearance well, is him. Well, I mean, like I've, other artists draw her, and I, I think it gives another aesthetic to her. Yeah. I mean, she's not my least though. I, I have to say, probably Tim. Not that anything's wrong with Tim. No, or Rick Grayson. Rick. Oh, Rick. I will not touch. We won't talk I, about. We won't talk about Rick Grayson. <laughs> I, even, I don't even. I, like no, I'm not even taking this comic, even though some of the covers are super cool. I ain't touching it, not till they go back. Uh, so I have a question. Getting back to the uh, comic store, do y'all do conventions? Uh, uh -huh. Which conventions do y'all do? Well, we've been done. We've done small. We've done small ones, um, but last year we did Comic Palooza, and it was kind of a spur of the moment type of thing. And we did fantastic. And I'm gonna say I did not bring a comic. Not I brought pop dolls, not one comic. I brought and, Funko. And you, I did a killing. Nice. That's great. And all I did was sell it for the same price I would have sold it in here for. And it was crazy. So this year, he, uh, they contacted us, and we did it again. But this time, we got an end cap. They changed the way they do it now. So this time, we're getting bigger and better. So That's great. 
That is awesome. Um, well, we will be wrapping it up, and I want to say thank you to Shannon. Well, thank you, guys. Uh, no thanks problem. for letting us uh, do this in y'all's shop. Uh, Cards and Comics Connection in Conroe, uh, if you are ever in the neighborhood, definitely try them out. They are, they are one of my favorite shops in all of Texas. Um, and I go to a lot of comic book stores. <laughs> yeah, I have, a, I have a buddy that's willing to drive like an hour out just to come here for Pops. Yeah. So, you know. It's definitely a Pop connection. So if you're looking for Pops, <laughs> come, come to the Mecca of Pops. So uh, thank you, Shannon. Thank you, and a uh, huge thank you to Rob for letting us uh, occupy one of his uh, Pop rooms. And uh, thank you, listeners. And we will talk to you next time. And as always, tell us what fuels your passion.